Hello, everybody. Welcome back to C-Store Center. I'm your host, Mike Hernandez. And today uh, is episode four. And I wasn't quite sure what to call this. I guess you'll see what I came up with um, when you, you know, click on it. Um, Those closest to us are always the ones you least expect is uh, what I had in mind for the title of this podcast, this episode. I want to kind of tell you guys a story, real life story that happened uh, several years ago. I took over a very large geographical area and there was extremely high inventory loss throughout. Um, I remember my first inventories being out there and man, getting hit with $7,000 audit for the month, $11,000 audit for the month and thinking, what the hell did I get myself into? Um, I think the area was 25,000, 27,000 square miles. And I had, memory serves me correctly, I think I had nine stores. And typical Mike Hernandez experience fashion, get hired and you get those looks from everybody, the comments from everybody, who'd you piss off? Sucks to be you. I'd hate to be you. I'm glad I'm not you. Um, which kind of sets the, I guess, the stage for, you know, what you're getting into. I remember talking to people, other district managers, and, and you know, they, they used to place bets on how long somebody was going to last out in that, uh, in that area that I was taking over. So I never got a confession from anybody uh, of my peers, but I knew it was there. And um, I had to find out quickly before I got out there, I had to devise a strategy and think to myself, how am I going to resolve this? What am I going to, what am I going to do? It's a huge area, which I've had big areas before, uh, but the company didn't uh, allow for overnight stays. Uh, during the regular course of business. Now, if there were visitors coming in, that was okay. But in this case, you had to uh, drive out to the furthest store, which was four, four and a half hours, maybe four hours, and uh, do your work and then come back. So there were a lot of times where I was getting home well after midnight. And that's because I actually moved out to this area. And um, what I mean by that is uh, the previous people who were in my position didn't live there. They they lived off, and it's the reservation. They lived off the reservation. So I made plans, and I said, well, 
let me actually move on there. You can't control something if you're that far away. Had I done what everybody else did, I would have been probably about 70 miles away from the closest store in one direction and then 90 miles away from the closest store in a different direction. So if there was an emergency, I mean, it was going to be very hard to be able to react. And again, it's going to be very difficult to control an area that big with such huge uh, inventory losses. So I moved out there. I was the first one to do that. And, um, you know, it was different. It was, uh, I enjoyed it. There was a lot of things that I loved about it. A lot of things that were hard to get used to, but I uh, met a lot of good people. It just started out very painful, very challenging, very difficult. So the reason I bring this up is there was a particular location that uh, the manager lived 45 miles away. And he was hired and put into place before I ever got there. So he went to work. Then he had to drive 15 miles south in one direction to get to the bank. And then he'd have to drive 15 miles back to his store to you know, leave his change order or, or whatever he might have had, deposits, maybe finish up the day, and then drive 45 miles back home. And this guy was awesome when it came to increasing sales, but when it came to controlling inventories, you know, it was a tall task. And uh, inventory control is always tough. I wouldn't say he was a rookie, but he was a, uh, relatively new. I think he'd been there less than a year. So it's it's difficult to control a situation like that when you don't have everything in place. Maybe when uh, you live so far away. I used to tell my boss, hell, I'm very dedicated, but I don't know, and I don't have a family, but I don't know. I mean, I'm just being honest. It'd be really difficult for me to say, hey, I'm done with the day. It's 7 o'clock at night. I'm going to drive 45 minutes to go do a night ride to check on my store and then drive 45 miles back. And, um, you know, my boss's response was, well, uh, he knew that when we hired him. So, uh, which, you know, he, he did have a point, but there was a store that was probably five minutes maybe or less from his house, smaller location. There was a store that was in between that small location where he lived and the location where he was currently, you know, was, was the manager at the time that, that this took place. And uh, it was probably 30 minutes. It was in the same time where the bank was. So at some point I devised a plan, hey, let's get him closer to home because, again, that's an obstacle and, and I don't know too many people that would actually do that. So this individual was having some inventory losses. They weren't they weren't the worst, but because he had some good sales, but still they were they were very high. And I remember going through and, and doing all the checklists and 
you know, looking at controls and looking at uh, just looking for signs of theft. And if you're familiar with control books, um, one of the things that we look for are no cells on the register. We look through, you know, we look on a shift analysis and we try to identify, okay, who has the no cells and voids and refunds and line item voids and, um, you know, things of that nature. Those are the things that we're looking for when we're trying to identify patterns of shrink. And there's always a sign. There, There's always a sign. If, if you're an employee and you're listening to this and, um, you know, maybe you're doing something, there's always a sign. Now, whether your boss knows how to read that sign or not, or, or even cares to, you know, is a different story, but it's always going to show up. So it might just take a little longer. And in this case, it took, uh, it took a little bit longer because the, the person who was working was uh, very reliable, very friendly, very fast, always willing to help. She'd step up, step in, and she was the manager's favorite. So she had his trust. And that made it easier for her to do what it was that she was doing. So my boss would come in sometimes. We'd look at that. And uh, I implemented something new because for for obvious reasons, he, he says, hey, well, what are you doing about this? And I said, well, we're doing this and this and this. But I we weren't just we just weren't getting the results yet. And so. I decided that what I was going to do was uh, create something tangible, I guess, in addition to complement the controls that we already had in place. So I told my boss, look, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to have the manager go through the journal, find out who has refunds, who has no-sells, and I'm going to have, I'm going to have them print out a copy of the refunds, and they're going to verify that they watched the video and that it was, you know, an actual refund. And we're going to look at any voids, especially any large amounts, and we're going to look at no cells. So <clears throat> I'll never forget, uh, we had a couple of back-to-back -back audits at this store, bad audits, and um, it was my first year. It was my the actual anniversary day, <laughs> my first year anniversary. And I'm sitting in the back office, and I'm going through control books, and I'm going through the journal, and um, the realization hit me, hey, it's your first year. So I called one of the DMs that uh, had trained, that I had trained with when I started with that company, and I said, hey, um, I hope you lost a bet. It's my one-year anniversary, and I'm still here. How much money did you lose? And um, she she claims that she never made a bet as far as to how long I would last there. But at any rate, um, I'm pretty sure people had to have made that bet because that's all I heard from everybody when I first got there. So I'm sitting there, and I'm looking at the patterns, and – the quick way to do it is go to the no-sell, 
look at the transaction afterwards in the journal, and it's time consuming. And I had I had been there a while, so I'm looking at the no sells. I, I I'm not seeing um a refund, or I'm not seeing a void. I'm not seeing a void. I should say, you know, in front of that sell. But as I got to looking at this girl who um, worked in the mornings with the manager, I started noticing that there was a suspend sell right before the no sell. So this girl was ringing up customers totaling out, you know, getting a total so she could tell them how much it was. Then she was suspending the sale and opening the register to be able to give the customer back their change. Then she'd ring up the next few transactions, four or five transactions down the line, sometimes 15 or 20. She would unsuspend the sale and then void it. So it was more difficult to find. And as I went through there and I tallied things up for about two weeks, uh, she had accounted for taking well over $1,000. So I thought it it valuable. I thought it, it would be something that I should share with you in the theme of digging a little deeper. Obviously, you don't want to wait that long. And unfortunately, uh, this person was working with a manager. The manager felt comfortable with her. And even though he had his control book filled out, the piece that was missing was you know, digging a little deeper. So she wasn't doing any refunds and her no sales uh, were, he was kind of, you know, had documented those, but there were never, there was never anything done to take a closer look. And so as I'm coming through on my visits, we have um, obviously a lot of things to take care of. Um, but that's one of the things that I was looking at. And I usually start with second shift because we had some employees there that uh, had, you know, had some questionable experiences in the past. But, and there was always two people on second shift. So um, it was, uh, there was a lot to kind of keep, that was a very busy store. So there was a lot to kind of go in it. But at the end of the day, uh, it turned out that this person was was doing that. She was suspending the sale and then hitting the no sale to open the register. And, you know, one of the things while we're on the subject of no sales, the no sale button's there for a reason. And if you're a manager, I can't tell you how many times I've heard managers say, hey, don't use the no sale button. Mike comes in and gets mad at me. We're not supposed to be using the no sale button. Um that's not true, and that's not accurate. The no-sell button is there for a reason, and we want to use it because in this situation where we're able to see how many no-sells are, are occurring on a shift, that helps us identify potential issues. 
But if you're telling your cashiers or your employees, don't use the no-sell, they're going to look for creative ways to to open the register without you knowing. I've seen store managers that leave keys to the register and the employee just opens it up. If you're an independent store owner and you have something like that, you know, stop it. Uh, Depending on your system and and your register and the capabilities, a lot of times employees can go in there and do, uh, you know, a lottery cash, zero, zero lottery cash out. Uh, Or they can do, uh, you know, a penny sell. If there's an open key, if you have an open grocery key, you know, non-tax, tax key, whatever the case may be, or if you're a store manager, at, in, you know, for a corporate company. But by now, I think a lot of those have been eliminated, those open keys. But at any rate, I always tell managers, you're shooting yourself in the foot by, because you're you're giving them, you're, you're making them look for creative ways to open that, ways that we may not be able to track. We have those things in place. So, at the end of the day, you know, it was the closest person to this manager and always the one you kind of least expect that, um, you know, is getting you. And I, and I say always, I don't mean, I mean, obviously it's not always the first one, but I, but in my experience, some of the big losses have come from people that uh, have been trusted. You, you think that, uh, you, they've been with you for a while. You've treated them well. But circumstances change. Situations change. And I don't remember the specifics from this girl. But here's the scary thing. She ended up getting a job at the bank. So, um, you know, God only knows what may have happened there. Um, so you see signs. Take a look. Dig a little deeper. It's worth the effort. We had some inventory loss. And once we identified that and, you know, found her, then the inventories improved, you know, substantially. And that wasn't an issue, you know, longer an issue at that store. Uh, You know, until further along, somebody else came along. And, you know, you're always going to have, that's a constant battle. But I wanted to share that with you uh, today. So uh, think about it. I mean, think about your employees. Think about your store. Think about things that you may have seen that you've wondered about. And more importantly, go out there and dig a little deeper. Take a closer look. If you're not sure, ask for help. I just, it occurred to me, I just remembered somebody who was doing something with gas. And, uh, it was almost like ghost transactions uh, and it had to do with the shell, with the shell um, gas pumps and the communication and everything else. This guy, a lot of times your employees are going to stumble on ways. They weren't thinking about it. Uh, something happened. There was a glitch and then they, Oh, they realize, Oh, and then they test it and you don't say anything. And they continue to do it. And then the next thing you know, you're out thousands of dollars. So it just occurred to me, and I'm going to write that down because I'll cover that in a future episode. But uh, thanks for listening. Wanted to drop that today. Uh, Usually I do it on Sunday, but I thought I would get it done a day earlier. And uh, hope you guys have a great week. Uh, Again, this is Mike Hernandez, C-Store Center. 
and I will talk at you next time. Thanks.